Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Today, we're taking a break from our regular format for a special Q&A session where we take some time to field questions that are on your mind. Here's Pastor Steve with Answers at the Ready. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day you are listening uh, to Shouts of Grace, and we want to say welcome. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. If you are a continual listener to Shouts of Grace, we want to say thank you, welcome back, and as you know, uh, we do have a website with a number of past episodes, which you have probably listened to some or most of them. We encourage you to go back in to refresh Uh, your memory. And if you are a first-time listener, we want to say welcome to the program and let you know what that website is. That website is shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there at shoutsofgraceradio.com, we have roughly, um, I think it's about five years worth of episodes, well into the 200s. And so go ahead and uh, take a a trip over there and, and you can catch up on some past topics where we bring people in studio here in Provo, Utah at the Key Radio Studios, or we get them on the phone and we have conversations, uh, conversations about the Bible, conversations about topics, perhaps in the world, applying a biblical worldview. And for us here at Shouts of Grace, it is all scripture, scripture, scripture. Um, We like to bank on the word of God as our primary source And we immerse our minds and our hearts in that. And so if that's something that you enjoy doing, you will definitely be a, a, a listener who, um, who enjoys the program. And so, um, a couple of things real quick, uh, before we get into today's broadcast, um, if you don't know, um, Shouts of Grace Radio is a radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Uh, Eagle Mountain, Utah. And we are excited as a church body. At the end of July, we are adding an assistant associate pastor um, who is on his way from North Carolina. Um, Our church family is growing and we've been in need of of more leaders to care for that growth. And so uh, Jason and his Family will be arriving, and we are super blessed about that. And I'm letting you know that because um, it is very likely that in August, Jason will be a somewhat regular guest on this program as we engage in many of the topics that, uh, that, that Scripture informs us of and how we're to respond, and whether it's in theology or in living life. And so we are excited about that. Um, But if you're interested in being a part of what's happening at Redemption Hill and you don't live in the area, you can go and definitely be a part of our social media Um, on Facebook. You can follow us or on Instagram. But more importantly, if you're in the northern Utah County area, why not just stop by? We would love to meet you. Our our website is rhutah.church and you can get all the service information or I can give it to you now, which is Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 9517 Mount Airy Drive. And we would love for you to come and be a part of what God is doing. And God is definitely doing some things there and on top of what is um, very clearly a an exponential growth, um, which in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean that that 
God's in something, we see, um, for instance, a lot of people surrendering their life to the Lord every week, uh, hearing the gospel and making that decision and making that change. And so a couple months ago, we had uh, 14 people baptized. We're already past that for our baptism on August 6th. And so, man, if you've never been to a, a baptism at Redemption Hill, we would encourage you to go and be a part of that. It is something very special. Normally on our program, we have somebody in studio um, or on the line and we have conversations, but every now and then we do have um, Q&A or, or topics. Um, sometimes we have um, messages that have been um, you know, edited for the program. But today what I wanted to do is share something with you personally that's close to my heart. If you are living in this country and you are over 30, 35 years old, you, you know that we are in a very different place as a people. Um, the Bible talks a lot about nations. It, it talks a lot about individuals uh, and the culpability um, that an individual has for sin and for, um, for, for their decisions. But it also talks a lot about nations and God um, does in fact deal with nations who have corporately as a whole turned their back on him or have embraced sin. Uh, the Bible says that sin is a reproach to any people that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Uh, Jeremiah would say in Jeremiah 18, where God would say through Jeremiah, if at any instant concerning a nation or a people, I decide to build them and plant them. If they do evil in my eyes and turn away from me, I will relent of the good that I thought to do to them. Who's them? The nation, the nation as a whole. And so God, God is definitely in, into that as well. And, and, and what we have done is that very thing as a people, we have uh, turned our back on the Lord. And one of the things that I think scripture is clear about is that in the end times, that's, you know, definitely the end times began with, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you, you could say these are the last hours of the last days. One of the things that's very prevalent that scripture says is it says men will be lovers of themselves. They'll, they'll be boastful and proud. They'll be disobedient to parents. And then it says this, and they will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power meaning that people will put on religion, but they'll have no transformation. There will be nothing inside of their life or their heart that causes them to, to give anything to their faith other than words because they won't turn. They'll begin to call evil good and good evil. They'll embrace the world around them. And I think what you see happening today um, is that very thing. The, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that before the day of the Lord, before he returns, before uh, the man of sin is revealed, and we can talk a little bit about that in a moment, before that happens, that people will embrace the lie. And, and, and I think what you see happening today around the world is just that lies, lies that are permeating society and hearts, leading people astray, Nobody can trust what they hear, whether they're conservative or whether they're liberal, whether their CNN is their jam or whether Fox News is their is their is their get up that there's the, the sources of truth have lied. All are deceiving and it's left people in a place where you don't even know what's right and wrong anymore if you're not a believer. But as a believer, we have the Bible, which tells us 
what's right and wrong. All of this, though, is what we're told happens in the end times, the last hours of the last days. And that is why there is this warning in Scripture when it comes to this period of time. And the warning is replete. It's over and over. And that is be ready. Be awake. Don't think that what you're living through is is something that's you know common and it's just everyday life because the end times he says the bible says are marked with specific things in the world as a whole that you and I are living through and the encouragement from scripture is do not be caught unaware don't be asleep and so what i want to do is is is, is i want to look at that for a second and i'm going to kind of grace through certain parts of Matthew 24 and 25 so that we can kind of get an understanding of what the Bible says ought to be our place as believers um, in during uh, in and through and during this time. In Matthew chapter 24, um, Jesus gives some some very clear indications of what will mark the end times. He he talks about in Matthew 24, verse um, you know, 21, that there's going to be great tribulation such as not been from the beginning of the world nor, nor ever will be. Um, he, he talks about this fear that's going to come upon the earth, that, that, um, that, that man's hearts will fail them because of what's happening. Um, he's talking about people that are being led astray in Matthew 24, 24, um, that this deception that will exist is so deep and so strong that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived and they're going to be running after rumors of, of Christ and so forth. And, and then he talks about what the actual coming of the son of man will look like. He says, interestingly in Matthew 24 verse 36 concerning that day and hour when Christ will return, nobody knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will it be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, this is astounding to me because it's not as if the information that the flood and judgment wasn't given to the people because we're told elsewhere in the Bible that Noah preached for 120 years. Noah continually warned the people of the judgment that was to come, but the people ignored him. Well, how do we know they ignored him? Well, because when the door was shut, there were only eight people in the ark, only eight people that listened to Noah, and that was his family. And so as Noah preached faithfully for 120 years, the overwhelming majority of the world he preached to rejected his message. Well, what was happening during the days of Noah? The Bible tells us in Genesis that every thought and intent of man's heart was wicked continually, that that man's depravity had become so deep and and they had matured in sin so great that every thought and every intent was only wicked and evil. And so all of creation, all of humanity was in this deep darkness and this deception so that when Noah preached about the salvation that was offered in the ark, nobody came. And what the Bible says here and what we just read is that that will be the same way at the coming of the son of man. What will be the same way? 
Men's hearts will be so dark. Men's hearts will be so deceived that that evil will have matured in such a way that you had never seen before, right? That, that it will be so, so dark and so destitute of truth that people will actually start to hold on to what's wrong and false and lies, and they will make it as though it's good and right and true. And, and I'm telling you, you don't have to go very long in this world right now to open your eyes and see the agendas of what's coming down and what people are embracing. We're a confused human race right now. So many people are embracing things that God says aren't natural. For example, God made man and woman. God blessed man and woman and told man and women to be fruitful and multiply in the garden. But now what we're being told is there really is no line of demarcation between man and woman because we really don't know what that is. Because why? Because it's up to every person what you want to be. You can identify with whatever you want. There's, there's a difference now between sex and gender, so we're told. And so now humanity has taken the creation of God, the design of God, and they have corrupted it. And what has come out of that has just been the most vilest of behaviors. And we see this happening before our eyes. We're now this, this, this quote unquote lie now that's become the, the, the truth is being handed down to kids and, and a whole generation has having their minds snatched away by a lie while they're telling them that it's true. We, we, we've dissolved the union of marriage between man and women. And, and now we're so confused. We actually think that, that men can give birth, even though very clearly God says in the garden that a woman's pain would be multiplied in childbirth, not a man. There's a distinction between the genders in the curse as to who will receive what. And so we're so confused. And what's happened is every thought and intent of our heart is becoming wicked. And what Jesus says is that will be the case in the end. It will be the same way it was with Noah. And so we're there. And so now Jesus is going to talk about since you're there, there's something I want you to pay attention to. There's something that I want to permeate your mind in your existence so that like in Noah's day, when they entered the ark and the door was shut and the judgment came and the people were unaware that it won't be the same way with you at the end time when Jesus comes back. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Welcome back to the program on just uh, the other side of the break. We were talking about the end times and and specifically where Jesus says that um, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the son of man and just the, the depth of sin in man's heart and his mind. And so now Jesus says in Matthew 24, because of this, in other words, he says in verse 42, therefore stay awake for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. 
Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. And so it's one thing to know as a believer or even as a non-believer to acknowledge, you know, hey, there's a God and, and you know, he's coming back. It, it's, it's one thing to acknowledge that. It's another thing to anticipate that as though it's tonight or it's tomorrow morning. And when you anticipate that, then you're being and making yourself ready for his return. Jesus is going to startle people at his return, we're told. There are going to be people, you know, as he says in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do my will, right? He says, there's many that are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? And weren't we doing all these things in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. There's another gospel where he talks about the door being shut and people knocking on the outside and him saying, who, who are you? And them being kind of shocked and startled. What do you mean? Who are we? You know, you, you, you ate and drank with us and you taught in our streets. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. It is what Paul told Timothy when he said in the final hours, there will be a form of godliness, but there'll be a denying of the power of God. And so what he's saying here is, look, if, if, if a thief is coming to your house and you know the hour he's going to arrive, you're not going to go to sleep. You're not going to leave your house. You're going to tend to it. You're going to lock the doors. You're going to lock the windows. You're probably going to be set up inside with some sort of defense mechanism so that on the hour that he's supposed to come, you're going to be able to defend yourself. In other words, you're preparing yourself for what you know is going to come. In the same way, he's saying like that, you know Christ is returning. So you ought to be preparing your life to receive the king. Right now, he goes on and and he elaborates on this in verse 45 of Matthew 24. Who then is faithful and a wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed in his coming and he begins to beat his fellow servants and he eats and drinks with drunkards. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour when he does not know and he will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so now he says, let me tell you who a faithful servant is. Let me tell you who the wise servant is. And let me tell you who the unfaithful one is. He says, the faithful one is one who knows that his master's coming. And so he's found doing, he's prepared for him to come. But the unfaithful servant is the one who says, my master delays his coming and he begins to act like the world and live like the world around him. And unbeknownst to him, his master comes at a time when he's not expecting because he thinks God is delaying his coming and he ends up being caught by surprise and ends up being judged by it. Again, Jesus is talking about the same thing. If you know that I'm coming back, you should be preparing yourself so that when I come, you are looking for me, right? Well, he goes on a little further. And, and incidentally, you, you see this kind of type played out um, in the book of Exodus with Moses, right? Moses being a type of Christ in the Old Testament, he goes up and leaves the Israelites. He delivers them, right, out of Egypt, and then he leaves them to go up the mountain to receive the law of God, okay? 
And while he's gone, he tells the people, I believe it's in Genesis chapter 23, um, I'll be back, right? He's the original um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. So stay here. And so what happens? It says that in, in, in Exodus 32, that when the Israelites saw that Moses delayed his coming, they rose up to play. In other words, not taking him at his word that he'd be back, they began to play. They began to, you know, live in sin. And that's when they made the, the, the idols and the calves and they began to sell themselves. And it was just a big, uh, a big sin fest there. And then Moses does come down and the people are caught unaware. They're caught off guard. And Moses th- takes the law and he throws it at the people's feet. He calls them rebels. And he says, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. The people were caught off guard, but they shouldn't have because Moses said, even though he delayed his coming, He's coming back to them. And so it will be the same way when Christ comes back. People will be caught off guard. Now in Matthew 25, he changes gears a little bit and he says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, They all became drowsy and slept, but at midnight there was a cry, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will be not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy some for yourself. And while they were going to buy the bride, while they were going to buy the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came saying, Lord, open for us. And he answered, truly, I say to you, I don't know who you are. Watch therefore, for you do not know neither the day nor the hour. What's going on here? There's a cultural thing at play here. In those days, in a Jewish wedding, there were two parts. There was the engagement part where the groom would come and pay the dowry. And before the whole before the whole uh, city or for the whole village would proclaim, it is finished, she is mine. But then he would do something interesting. He would leave and he would go back to his father's house and he would build an addition onto that home. And he was usually gone from nine to 12 months. And then when the father would look at the addition and say, okay, it's good enough. Then the, the, the groom would leave his father's domain and he would go get his bride. The problem is, is the bride would not know when the groom was coming. She knew it could be nine months. It could be a year. So she had to constantly be ready, meaning that he could come at any time. So if it was at night, they had to have a lamp because the groom would show up with a trumpet and he would make the call come out to me and she would have to have a lamp to be able to see where she was going. And so to have a lamp in those days, you had to have oil. And what Jesus is saying is, look, the, the, the son of man is coming at a time when you don't know. So you have to be ready to meet him. And the people weren't. And so what's the whole point of this? His, his whole encouragement here is this is going to happen. The son of man is coming back and you need to be ready to meet him. And the way you get ready to meet him is first and foremost, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior by admitting you're a sinner, repenting of your sins and giving your life to him. 
then you will be ready to meet him. And then you reorder your life as the Holy Spirit who dwells in you starts to take residence and he shines light in dark places and God cleans up your life. Get ready to meet the Son. The Son of God is coming back. Hey, that's all the time we have for today. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time on Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.